You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Motta with Crystal Waters. We've got Motta herself in the studio. Morena Anita, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. Yes, good. Nice (laughs) to have you up here today. You were just telling us off air that that song started as a joke for you, which Um, is (laughs) very surprising to me because it's so stunning. Tell us about that. Not not exactly a joke, but um, I I wrote it for my friend Sam Ovens in, in Dunedin, who was planning on having an exhibition uh, which he did have, he didn't carry it through to the extreme that he wanted to, but he, um, his idea was to design these album covers, uh, like fake album covers for fake bands Ooh. with fake music, which, like is, which is ridiculous because <laughs> when you go that far to create something, it doesn't, it's not fake anymore. No, it's real. It, it is real. <laughs> So that was a fake song that we just listened to. That was to. a fake song, yeah, that I wrote. You could have fooled me. <laughs> and it was meant to be, he was, he's like, I, I want it to sort of be kind of like subversive and something or other. And I was like, I, 
I don't know, I think I was, <laughs> I, I don't know, just started writing something and it, it was, it was like a, it's like a murder ballad or Ooh, like I'm gonna, nice. Yeah, a murder ballad. Yeah. I think a murder ballad's <laughs> always a good place to start when you're trying to make something a bit outside your comfort zone, perhaps. Yeah. It's a beautiful song, so I'm glad that project did uh, give us this because it's, it's a really stunning track in a very stunning album, Cold and Liquid, which you're about to take on tour in, in just a, a couple of weeks' time. For folks who want to see uh, you perform, it'll be at the Unitarian Church on the 1st of, of October. Yeah. Uh, tell us a wee bit about the world that you've been building with this album because we were just listening to that Jim Nothing track which you're also on that's a totally different sound you've played with Don McGlashan you've played with so many people when do you kind of go into your own making space what are you sort of trying to create with your sound uh, I, I never I never head in with uh, with too much of a concept I, um not yeah not not big on conceptual like too conceptual yeah it sort of you know happens as you're doing it and then I guess when you've got more more songs sort of start arising and then and then I guess you start piecing things together like a jigsaw and then a sort of sound develops or and then when it comes to recording and then mixing you sort of hone in on particular mm. things and then maybe that's when it gets a bit conceptual yeah for me but it, I definitely am much more of an intuitive writer or, or player mm. And yep. is it the playing that starts for you, like starts a song off for you? Do you start with the violin usually, or? Oh uh, yeah, usually I have, but there's quite a lot of guitar on this album, mm. and for those tracks, I start yeah started on guitar, and um yeah maybe yeah and the way that I developed that because I'm not I'm not really like I'm not really a guitar player mm. and I could never write songs on the guitar like I had to start writing on the violin to feel comfortable with being a songwriter because I like for most of my 20s I was too scared to write songs or just like I just found it really hard yeah it is hard yeah, yeah, yeah. and I had so many people around me who were really good songwriters and so it's quite hard to mm. to get the confidence to to, to do that and it wasn't till I developed this thing with the violin oh it's actually James because I was I was living with James at the time in Christchurch oh, nice. and then he sat me down with his setup with the delay mm -hmm. the, the boss uh, DD20 delay pedal which has got a really long delay and that's how I layered oh, cool. all the violin up and, and started working with those like patterns and things and yeah, similar approach with the guitar is all pattern based. That's yeah. so interesting. It sometimes does just take yeah either a friend giving you that push or a, a tool that helps you sort of feel a little bit like released from whatever expectation or pressure you've put on yourself around it. Once you kind of started writing in that way, did you find it easy from that point, or was it still a bit of a like learning process for yeah, you? Yeah. Super easy, yeah. I'm not into doing anything that's um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you really have to struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Should be fun, yeah. <laughs> totally. But yeah, it really was. It was really like I suddenly found exactly the right thing, uh, and it was super organic, really easy. And and it was, yeah, at the very beginning, it 
yeah, I started writing instrumentals, instrumental pieces or like improvised, mm. and it was for a, a specific project to write like a wee soundtrack thing, but because I was recording on a four track on cassette, I had written the first thing. And then there was the rest of the tape left. Oh, yeah. And it was James again who was like, you should sit down <laughs> and finish that tape. Totally. And so I did. I like went from, I just, yeah, played right to the end, like figured out, I didn't even know how to use the gear properly or like, I, you know, would just press record, choose a different delay length, start playing, something would happen. I'd have to figure out how to kind of end it, press stop, press record again <laughs> yeah. and then it's, yeah, I got to the end of the tape and then I was like oh well that's that rewound it listen to it cut it into pieces um, that's awesome it was an album <laughs> that, that is brilliant I like the idea as well of just having the parameter of you've got this much tape you got to use it yeah. and that's also the only shot you get as well if you've got that much tape you just got to make it work too yeah. <laughs> when, when you kind of have that sort of I guess uh, uh, set up where you're kind of essentially I guess improvising in many ways onto that did you come in with things that you'd pre-prepared or was it all kind of improvised moments what was the I guess the balance of that for you for this new album yeah um, or, or how much of it is improvisation I guess I should ask when you were in that process in the songwriting process ah oh, it, it always yeah always very intuitive like a it always starts with something like it'll be a pattern or an an instrument or a sound and then it just builds from there mm. yeah and lyrics and and vocals and things always come last yes i always find that that's the most annoying part of it <laughs> yeah oh god <laughs> where, um, where yeah. do you where do you draw on lyrically because I, I i think that you're definitely not alone in finding that the hardest part of a writing process because it, it's kind of a vulnerable weird thing even if you're singing about something that is irrelevant to your life perhaps because you're singing it people sort of draw connection or trying to make some meaning out of that yeah where, where do you kind of find lyric inspiration from for yourself well I like to keep it like somewhat vague because it that that's right like people do draw their own meaning from it so mm. it, it, yeah I'm like a very aware of that and and it's yeah I don't want to make it like too literal yeah, or yeah. too personal because it needs to be for other people mm. as well. Um, but yeah, I think for, I guess for me it just has to because I do I do enjoy words. I do yeah. like words, so it does have to like it to be more poetic and more beautiful in a word sense than it yeah meaning something yes to yeah. me. But yeah, they're all they're all different. Those songs in that record, like. Um, Cold and Liquid actually, like strangely enough, is very loosely based on, uh, have you seen the film Return to Oz? No, I haven't, <laughs> but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> it really left a mark nice. as a kid. Um, it's such a dark kids movie. Yeah. And there's one scene where Dorothy has been 
captured by the Gnome King and she's trying to rescue her friends who have all been turned into ornaments. Oh, maybe I have seen this. This feels like it's unlocking a core memory in my brain or something. <laughs> that is quite an effed up thing to show children, eh? Oh my god, it's amazing. There's electric shock therapy. Oh, wow. There's um, the wheelers. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying. I'm thinking maybe I have. I put it in a box in my brain or something. Princess Mombi beheads all the um, beautiful women in the oh, in the palace and keeps their heads locked up and this is going to make the read of this song when we listen to it really different I reckon that's so cool though I mean that's I think that's such a uh, like an awesome thing to find other media and use that as inspiration because that's how storytelling happens really you know or or whatever way you want to sort of communicate something yeah Yeah. it's it's all part of a big web yeah and then other songs like literally I was like ah oh because I wrote I wrote like at least two or three of the vocal tracks on this album in a, in a week, oh, wow. I think, because I I lost my voice. Oh, and true. when I first started recording this album, it was going to be all instrumental because I had a vocal cord paralysis, mm. so I couldn't. Um, I was like, no, I just have, yeah, I've got to do something. Yeah, <laughs> and and then I got my voice back well enough to sing. So I was like, oh, I just really have to have. Mm the vocals on the album so then yeah grueling it was grueling sitting there like making myself write the lyrics and I had um I'd been given this stack of I think it was called um unidentified (laughs) magazine oh yes (laughs) like heaps of them (laughs) (laughs) and um I yeah literally was just flicking through doing like the the dadaist um, oh, approach yeah. of nicking bits of words yep. and yep, pointing, nice. yeah, yeah, circling. That's awesome. Words, yeah. <laughs> Must have been a really interesting process to try and regain your voice, and and using music almost as a way to aid that process as well. Do you think it has? Uh, maybe this is an obvious question, but do you think it has shaped the way this record sounds for you? Yeah, yeah, it must must do. Mm. Yeah. I guess it was a bit of a journey because, it, yeah, it was. It ended up being different from what I did imagine it at the beginning. Mm. But in the beginning, it was just like going to be something to take my mind off the fact that I was not well. <laughs> mm, yeah, totally. Well, it's a, it's a uh, not to get too cheesy, it is a very healing record. Like, it's a lovely one to put on when you're sort of feeling a bit overwhelmed. And I think it will be a very beautiful one to experience live. Cold and Liquid, Motta, uh, you're going to be performing at the fir- on the 1st of October at the Unitarian Church, joined by Krauss as well, which will be very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a very beautiful space and a great show as well. Tickets are from under the radar. Thank you for coming in, Anita, and speaking with us this morning. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, your record's up on Bandcamp, I believe, and I think there's physical copies as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. we've got vinyl. Ooh, nice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're going to listen to the title track now, the, the Return to Oz song, yes. Cold and Liquid. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. Thanks.
That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.